Well, hello, very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, Palace fans throughout the world. Welcome to another edition of the Red and Blue Review. My name is Ian Noble and I am your host this evening uh, to unpack another uh, show where we're talking about a one-all draw against Brighton and Hove Albion uh, at Sellers Park yesterday. Um, with me on the show this evening, um, I have Lord Holyoke. Good evening, Jill. How are you, mate? Lord, thank you. I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very well indeed. Very well good. indeed. And uh, Chloe Johnson, welcome back to the Red and Blue Review. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Jolly good. Excellent. And you were at the game yesterday? Yes, yes, I was. Yeah, and remind, remind everyone, tell everyone where you sit in the ground. Arthur Waite. <laughs> in the Arthur Waite, yeah. In Block X, right next to the Brighton fans, giving it large to them yesterday, I hear. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. Good stuff. And Nick Philpott's coming on as well. I don't know where he's disappeared to, but he should be with us very, very soon. But look, I don't know. How do we all feel about yesterday? Well, it was a it was a tough one to watch, wasn't it? It was really, really difficult. Here he is. Um, Nick, better late than never. The late Mr. Philport is not dead. He's just always late, they tell me. So, <laughs> hello, mate. My, my microphone died literally as we went live. I do apologise. Good evening, everybody. Evening, Facebook land. This is very strange, isn't it? There we are. So you're going to have to do as you're told this evening because I'm hosting, all right? So, so let's just remember that, okay? <laughs> There we go. I will. Um, so, um, I'll be on my 2023, Crystal Palace still haven't won a game in 2023. Brighton and Hove Albion undefeated in 2023. And we go up against them head-to-head -head in the Premier League at Sellers Park yesterday. Um, we sit in 12th place in the league, 25 points, 22 games played, reasonably comfortable. But after yesterday, how are we all feeling? Uh, it was a tough one to watch, wasn't it? For sure. It's getting a bit squeaky bum time down at the bottom of that division, of course, because today has seen another Premier League manager lose their job. Nathan Jones, Southampton manager, sacked today. And now five of the bottom six clubs in the Premier League have changed their manager uh, this season. And we're nervously looking over our shoulder, or are we, uh, as we approach the run-in for uh, this season in the Premier League. Um, before we get into the game itself um, for uh, yesterday, um, it's uh, what we do on this this podcast is we look at the other um, teams in the in the club as well. So we're going to do that tonight as well. So I'm just going to quickly get it up on my phone and to um, tell you how the other teams have done. Well, the under 18s haven't played since we uh, were last on. But they, their next game, interestingly, is at home to Brighton. Um, it's next Saturday morning at 11 o'clock in the under-18 Premier League at the training ground. Um, the under-21s uh, played this week. They won 2-1 home against Sporting Braga in the Premier League International Cup. Um, that means they progressed through the league matches to the quarterfinals. Uh, their next match is against Leicester on Monday the 13th of February. And earlier today, Palace women, they won at home to Durham in the Women's Championship, a 1-0 win, goal from Annabelle Blanchard in the 63rd minute. And next up, they play Sheffield United uh, in two weeks' time, 2pm kickoff at Hayes Lane on the 26th of February. We're going to come back to the women's game a little bit later on, so it's not all you hear about the women's game tonight from the Red and Blue Review. And Nick, you're going to keep an eye on the chat for us as well tonight. Um, we've got a usual crowd joining us, I think. So um, do you want to say a few good evenings to people, Nick, before we start yeah, on the game? 
Indeed, Andy Best, Johnny Cook, uh, Mark Wills, uh, Palace Pins is out there, Michael Middleton, stay tuned, Michael, you know, we're coming to it later. Uh, somebody called Day 00000 is in the, in the chat saying, Andy Stacey, Paul Wyatt, Paul Holman, Paul Obi, Paul Grant, Johnny Cook, Facebook users there, it's got to be Andrew Adams and Daniel Garlic, Phil Usher, still waiting for me, Kate, Mark Callahan, and beautiful Claire Davis, John Knox. Good evening to each and every one of you, wherever you are watching uh, in the world. Over to you. And we, and obviously, uh, throughout the show, guys, you know, if you've got something to say, you want to ask a question, then do stick it in the chat there um, and we'll try and get to it uh, throughout the show and all the talking points about yesterday's game, of course. So let's come to the, the lineup first of all, at Sellers Park yesterday. <laughs> there's no Wilfred Zaha. There's no Joachim Anderson. Um, there's no Joel Ward. And right at the last minute, there's no Chris Richards. So, Chloe, talk us through this lineup if you'd be so kind, please. I um, I was disappointed with the lineup. I thought we were strong defensively. I thought the only thing that worried me was Tompkins starting, but um, he actually played pretty well. Um, yeah, I I didn't like Mateta starting. I thought, if I'm really honest, I think he doesn't really offer much. Um, yeah. Um, wasn't wasn't great. I thought we should have started at least one of the new signings, maybe Lukonga, because he's got um, he already has Premier League experience. So I'm not sure why he didn't start him. Maybe it's because um, he didn't want to throw him in at the deep end against Brighton. But um, yeah, I thought he was um, he looked pretty good when he came on as a sub. So yeah, I'm not okay, sure. Okay, so you would have started Lukonga. Who would you have started yeah. him for then? Oh, maybe, maybe Schlupp. I don't know. Maybe Schlupp. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell me how you were feeling at two o'clock yesterday, Joe, when you saw that lineup. Oh, fuming! Fuming! Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the, the thing is, I I thought I had a bit of a result yesterday. So I've, I've been having to work the last few Saturdays, and I'm working at the moment in, in Edenbridge. And if you, if anyone knows Edenbridge, it's about. I'm trying to equate, if you can equate Edenbridge to a year, the year is 1976 because DAB radio doesn't work down there. FM radio doesn't work properly down there. So I couldn't, uh, this 4G is so scant, it's ridiculous. So the, the, every way that I tried to listen or watch the game on my phone was, uh, well, I, I, I obviously, you know, only saw parts of it before I lost the stream. So, but I rang Nick. I was so angry with that lineup, and of course, it wasn't until today really that the news came out about Chris Richards um, and his injury. So, um, but yeah, uh, for, for me to see, you know, Eze on the bench, and I just really, really quite, you know, supposed to be. We, we play four four two at home against Man United, but we can't do it at home against Brighton. Our supposed arch rivals. So yeah, to say to say fuming um, was was an absolute understatement. And I think as well, I was surprised when I looked at the the subs bench. That I, did we we didn't have a defender? Did we? On the bench, um, let's get the lineup back up again, Nigel. Can you please? So just have a look at that uh, bench again from yesterday, we, if we can. Two goalkeepers, which two is goalkeepers, which is yeah. bizarre. So we're taking three three first team goalkeepers for a first team game. Is he yeah. just expecting Brian to start knocking our goalkeepers out or something? I couldn't understand. You know, I couldn't understand it. 
So Jaya Riedeveld, you could argue, is a defender. But there's no – he's a midfielder, really. So you're right. Yeah. There's actually no defender on that bench, is there? I mean, no to, for defender. me, do you know what? I'll tell you what, and, and I'm not joking when I say this, and, and I don't mean to sound – uh, sort of dramatic because that can be the way sometimes. But that that line up to me, that smacked of a manager of not treating this. Can you that smacked of a manager wanting to get sacked? He's not being backed, and I don't think he's coming across at the moment as 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 you know, he just sound bites after. But Ian, let me just let me just say this. Had Arsenal put a team out like that against Tottenham as weak comparably against Tottenham, what what do you think while he was playing, what do you think would have happened? I think some of them players would have gone to the manager and gone, What are you doing? Why is one of our creative players, Eze, playing, not not playing? He could have just come on there and mark like they've got a World Cup winner in their side. Okay. I can't get my head around it. Okay. All right, okay. Thanks for your views, Jill, on that. Um Chloe, you said you wouldn't have played Mateta. Who no. would you have started up top? Oh, God. I mean, Edward isn't, isn't great either, yeah. is he? But I feel like Edward offers more. Mateta, like the only threat Mateta has, he doesn't use. Like, he's huge. He's, like, over six foot and he can't head a ball. He got out-jumped <laughs> by, right. what was it, Bruno Fernandes the other week. It's, it's, it's laughable. It's, yeah. it's absolutely laughable. Yeah, he doesn't offer any – he really doesn't offer anything. Um, so yeah, but Edward, oh, he's not really much better, is he? I thought at the, at the beginning, um, when it was like, oh, you know, when fans were debating who do you think is a better player, I would have, I would have gone with Edward. Um, okay. but he's offered little to nothing as well, so okay, best of a bad so, bunch, really, isn't it? <laughs> so he's alternating them almost, isn't he? You know, to give me each a go, all right. Let's come to the game then, um, Nick. You're going to do the game for us. Um, before you get into it, what were your views on the um, on the lineup? I think it's quite interesting what Jill just said that we got uh, somebody positive going forward in Eze on the bench. Bearing in mind, also don't forget we didn't have Wolf Zaha, so you'd think it would, it would be the perfect opportunity to have Eze one side and Elise on the other side with one or either Matessa or Edward up front, up top. I mean, we've been crying out to get them all in the same team together. We'll, with yes. Will's absence, it was a perfect opportunity. And I think it was a trick miss. And Jill said those words to me yesterday on the phone. It looked, it, that lineup looked as though it was a manager waiting to get the sack. And I have to say, I cried with laughter when he said it. it was No, not waiting. Was, waiting. Wanting, I said. Wanting. Wanting to get that, the that sack. That was a bad line time. from Edenbridge, obviously. You didn't hear him properly. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so Palace Brighton. Uh, Eagles were unbeaten in four years against their rivals. Note, I said rivals, because post-match, one of you said local derby. It's not a local derby, OK? So I don't want to hear local derby ever again on this channel. M23 derby, A23 derby, <laughs> it is not. You're fired, OK? Uh, so the first few minutes were obviously a tense affair, but the first opportunity actually came to us, and it was following a run down the left by Jordan Ayew, who put a crossover and uh, checked the core, scuffed his shot wide of the post. Now, I just want to very quickly stop there. In one of our chats yesterday, guys, I put in there that I wanted to say positive stuff about Jordan Ayew yesterday, and I did. And I said, in actual fact, my thoughts were um, 
he was probably man of the match yesterday. He covered every blade of grass. However, however, uh, on reflection and now having watched back the extended highlights, it will obviously have to go to Guaito because he made some, and I'm going to come on to that in a minute. So I know I was, I was bigging up Jordan Ayew yesterday, who did have a good game and he did work hard, but man of the match for me would have to be uh, Vincente Guaito. Ladies and gentlemen in Facebook land, who do you think should have been your player of the match yesterday? Your thoughts, please. Put them in there. I'll read them out shortly. So shortly so after that, Sorry? I said, you can't help yourself. Get out of the bit. So shortly after that, the first, uh, they had their first shot. It was a central break, and they kept breaking us down through the middle, and it, it carried on right away through the game. Uh, from the talented World Cup star, Alexis McAllister, who we're going to be speaking quite a bit of, who on another day should and could have scored three or four goals. Uh, it was saved low down by Vincenzo Guaita. And on the seventh minute, was the most controversial incident of the game, in my opinion. It was a horrific foul by McAllister on Czech Decore. There it is on screen. Now, ladies and gentlemen out in Facebook land, have a look at that challenge there and tell me what is the difference between the Mitchell challenge against Fulham, okay, and that challenge that was not by AR. Look at that other image there. I just want to compare if you, if you got it. It was, that was, I mean, I didn't actually, I didn't see how bad it was during the game. Um, it was only on when I saw it back on uh, a couple of the threads, on, especially on Twitter. And look, so there's the other one. It's a horrific channel, challenge by uh, McAllister, but it's actually no different. That one there from Mitchell, in my opinion, he was just late, okay, maybe clumsy, uh, but he got a straight red card and a top four team didn't. So your thoughts in the chat, please. Uh, what followed from, on from that was a, a series of shots, three or four shots, one from McAllister, one from the edge of the box, which was again beaten away by Kuwait. So the next one, uh, Mitoma, the, I think, is, is he World Cup Japanese player? Did he play in the World Cup? Yeah, he played the World Cup for Japan. Yeah, that's yeah. how we sort of first came yeah. across him, really. He, he, um, he was pretty good in the first half. He, he quietened off a little bit in the second half. Uh, it was a good move down Kuwait's uh, left. I asked in the chats, as I say, you're, I mean, I'd just love to know everybody's thoughts about the man of the match situation. But again, it was it was actually uh, Ayu got back and was helping track back all the players. Um, on 32 minutes, however, the main talking point of the game and the funniest part of the afternoon came to light. OK, uh, it was a disallowed goal. A good movement through the middle again from Pascal Gross. And it was a bit of a, a drag shot, a looping effort, which went past uh, VG by Esther Pinnon. Is his name Esther Pinnon? Oh, uh, just, say that, just say left back. That'll do. Up from left back is actually what I put in my notes. Okay. And what made me laugh, and again, we were talking about it, folks out in Facebook now, we were talking about this pre-chat, was um, Brighton were absolutely going potty. Okay. Uh, they finished singing their boring Albion, Albion, uh, and then Who Are You? Who Are You? And they're actually on to the next song, okay, when Michael Oliver puts his finger to his ear saying he's been spoken to at Stockley Park. And of course, the longer it went on, the longer it went on, we're all talking in the crowd, hang on a minute, they've obviously seen something here. And he, of course, consequently uh, disallowed the game. And the funniest thing from that was the entire Palace part of the stadium went back at Brighton saying, who are you? Who are you? And it just cracked me up. And, it, I mean, and the funniest thing was that it was a complete cock-up of a decision. Uh, the 
PGMOL put out a statement today, and you know you can see it on screen, and can confirm that its chief refereeing officer, Howard Webb, has contacted both Arsenal and Brighton Hove Albion uh, to acknowledge and explain the significant errors in VAR process in their respective Premier League fixtures on Saturday. Well, I mean, to me, it was the, it was the best part of the afternoon. Okay, it was it was going to be a tight affair anyway, uh, and for me, that was. It was just absolutely outstanding. But it seemed to take an absolute to come through. We're, we're losing you slightly. You, you guys really read that. But, you know, um, are you? Nick, yeah, that, that you came in and out there. We didn't get all of that. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're saying it took an age for the decision to be made, for VAR to make that decision. Clearly, they're looking at all yeah. the angles in Stockley Park. Clearly, they're drawing the lines in the wrong place which was handy for us, and uh, which is why the apology was issued. And you've got to say that we got away with one there, absolutely, because, you know, if that had been against us, we would have been absolutely livid. Um, but you get you, – sometimes you, you win, sometimes you lose, and it's, just, it's no different with VAR. You know, sometimes the decisions go against you, sometimes they go for you, and it went for us yesterday in that regard. And the longer these decisions take with VAR – you just know the decision's going to be overturned. Yeah. Uh, in the ground, Chloe, yesterday, yeah. what did you think when the goal was scored? Did you think it was a good goal or did you think, oh, that looked offside to me? Oh, God. Uh, uh, my first thought was worry, well, 1-0 down. <laughs> okay, and then, yeah. um, and then um, yeah, but it was just, um, I didn't actually know if it was offside or not, if I'm, if I'm really honest. Uh, sure, I, I okay. It's um, almost as good as scoring a goal, isn't it? When the opposition's goals yeah, are all definitely. out. Suddenly you're celebrating, <laughs> jumping about like you scored yourself. Gel. Yeah, I spoke to my brother-in-law yesterday because obviously he's in the uh, he's in the Sainsbury's end. And, um, and he says, it, it weren't even limbs in their end, it was bodies. I think there's photos <laughs> on social media of showing like Brighton fans Upside down and going down as you know, they were getting completely bonkers for an offside goal. You know, and that was the he said it was so so funny. But, yeah, and of course they, they can't see from that corner in the away end, and you certainly can't see from the Sainsbury's end, Whitehall's end, um up, up the other end what's going on. But where I'm sitting in the main stand, for me it looked slightly off. And the longer it went on, going, this isn't gonna be given. This is they're gonna rule this out. You know, and I, I think I was probably looking at the guy beyond him, the one that didn't touch the ball, because he was in an offside position, but he didn't touch the ball. So we got we got away with one, Nick, didn't we? Yeah. So, so like, I don't know if any of you also picked up later in the first half, and I'll just put it in my notes as well. Later in the first half, we actually did start pushing on a little bit. Our press was a little bit higher, and that perseverance actually found uh, we finally found Matessa, whose effort was blocked by it the very talented guy at the back, Adam Webster. And in the dying seconds of the first half, more or less the same scenario, another block from, uh, for Mateta on, from Webster again. That guy at the back there is, is, a, is a good player. Um, and so we went into the break all square at half-time. Indeed. Um, he's keeping Lamptey out the side, that guy, at right back, the number four. Um, so that um, they rate him as well, don't they? You know, So, um, yeah, yeah, he had a good game against Mateta and, and two very good challenges there. Um, I'm just before you go into the second half, I want to talk about the, the McAllister challenge in the seventh minute. Um, so Michael Oliver books him. He doesn't see it as a as a red card. He books him, it's a yellow card for him. 
booking only. We look back and we look back on the Torrent Mitchell challenge against Fulham and we think it's the same kind of challenge. Now, the referee on that day, whose name escapes me, um, was straight in. He couldn't wait to get his red card out of his pocket. He was straight there, waving it about, sending him off straight away. No hesitation at all. I'll tell you what I think the problem is here. Well, not a problem, but this is the this is the rule of VAR for me, is that for VAR to overturn the on-field decision, it's got to be a clear and obvious error by the referee. And in both instances, the Fulham game, it wasn't clear and obvious that the error, there was an error there. It was a potentially a red card. So they don't overturn it. And unfortunately for us, it was the same yesterday. The VAR might have looked at it and thought, it's not clear and obvious, not clear and obvious error. Therefore, the yellow card still stands and we don't overturn it. If it was like ridiculously, you know, the most ridiculous challenge that is always going to be given red by any referee and it's not, it's not seen that way by the on-field decision on the ref by the referee, then they do whisper in his ear saying, go and look at the monitor. But I think that's the reason why we get this discrepancy because you've got two separate people and it's human, you know, um, subjective views really by those uh, referees. Nick? Yeah, Gareth Walsh in the chat is saying it was, wasn't it Andy Madley that uh, red carded the Mitchell challenge? Yeah. And I think, yeah, thank you for that, Gareth. Well done. And at the end of the day, we've discussed this a million times where we keep saying there's nothing wrong with VAR. VAR is good. VAR is actually fine. What's wrong is the idiots that are operating it. Um, and it was and it was proved to be the case because somebody else put in the chat a little while ago. It wasn't just the Arsenal game and the Palace game yesterday. It was also up in Scotland. It actually had a nightmare of a day yesterday. And but it's not the system. It's whoever's operating it. If they yeah, can't yeah. see that Geehy was behind um, whoever it was, uh, was it Decorey? Whoever it was, and oh, it was just ridiculous. So the second half started up on uh, similar fashion. Uh, we we seem to be set up to be happy to concede possession and let them come on to us. And I think that's worthy of note at the end of this because, you know, did we have the players, the structure out there to be able to cope with that sort of possession football from Brighton? And the stats will come on to at the end. Uh, they had a couple more chances, one from Solly March and one for Esther Pullman. Okay, finally, the breakthrough came on the 63rd minute uh, from attack down their left uh, to the back post. And I have to say it, a sleeping Tyrick Mitchell was left standing by March, who stuffed it into the roof of the net. Um, ask the question: uh, Is uh, am I right in saying that Mitchell was responsible for that? Jill? Yeah, um, Chloe, your view? Definitely, and it's not the first time he's been caught ball watching at the far post, is it? This season? Yeah. So. so Chloe, Chloe's with you on that, Nick. What about you, Jill? Can do what we used to do when when I played football, and that's give your mate a shout. You know, no one talks to each other in this in this team. The other thing as well is there's a there's a thing called desire. And whereas Mitchell never got a call, March is in the form of his life. And his desire to get to the ball, so it it it's it's what players that are playing well, they they seem to make those, you know, any other time against us, March doesn't get a looky. You know, you never see him play really well against us. He has the odd chance, but but at the moment, he is absolutely on fire, and uh, and his desire got him there. But you, but you have to talk to each other. It's just, we, we, I'd love to. I mean, I don't get there enough. So I'd like to to hear from because you two, you know, you guys all go all the time. But 
you used to hear the captain, you used to hear the goalkeeper, people barking and, you know, but the few times I've been, I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that at all. Yeah, okay. Well, look, um, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think Tyrick Mitchell was at fault. I think he should have done better. And, and Joe, you're probably right in as much as, you know, he could have got a shout as well. But I think also that we, we don't let the cross come in. You know, we didn't we didn't close down um, that, that guy. I can't say his name. The left back quick enough, you know, did we, Chloe? Um, Elisa actually made a really good tackle in the lead up to the goal. And then it yeah. got straight. Um, I can't remember who he passed it to, but it got it, we just got um, dispossessed. Um, really easily, and then that led to the goal. So, so, so Michael Elise losing possession for you was culpable or towards the, the yeah, because the, the ball came, yeah, the ball came into the box. He made a good tackle, yeah, lost the ball. Enough. And I actually okay. think, if I may, I think actually Chloe's actually raised a very good point. Okay, because what what I saw from Michael Elise yesterday was what I hadn't seen previous. Okay, was his willingness to track back a lot more. Okay, and help out in the defensive role. So, good point. I, I, well made. Uh, then in the 69th minute, okay, what was it, five or six minutes later, early Christmas present, a gift from us. Michael Lucy has a free kick uh, outside the box, about 10 yards outside the box. Sanchez inexplicably dropped the ball uh, and, and he dropped it right into the part of Tompkins, who thought, hello, what's all this about? And bashed it back into the net with his head. It was the simplest of nods home. Um, and Obviously, the stadium went berserk, and it, they they got away with one in the first half, as we've already discussed. Okay, well, that made up for it in my mind. Uh, it was, you know, and it, it couldn't happen to a nicer bloke because let's be honest with you, I believe his contract's up at the end of the season. It's probably the last time uh, we'll see Tompkins if we if we get some of our players back in the Palace shirt, and for him to score a goal, and it meant a lot to him, even in his post match interview, uh, it meant an absolute. Massive amount. He scored against them before. Uh, somebody in the chat please let me know what game it was, what year it was that Tomkins last scored for Palace against Brighton because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I know he has done one in the past. So in the closing stages, Brighton had, I actually wrote down the word weed here. I can't use that. Brighton had a few more decent moments to clinch the points, but they failed. Uh, the match ended in yet another draw between these two. Uh, if I'm brutally honest with you, my overall thoughts on the game, and I think everybody else has summed it up, uh, it was a crap game. It was a very, very poor game to be to be known, to, in, in truth. Uh, my feeling was it was a point game for us and two massive points dropped for them. And if you read, I actually went, for the first time in years, I went on the North Stand chat last night and I needed some tissues because it, it was, <laughs> there were so many tears. There were so many, they were crying. God, the hate, the vile, the vitriol against us. <laughs> I have to tell you, it's a joy to behold. Guys, over to you. Excellent. I'd say that makes me laugh. That you, well, you had time to go on the stand chat to look at it um, because I've done that for a long, long time. But you just imagine the meltdown, can't you? That's hilarious. Gel. Um, I, I, I was just on uh, uh, cpfc.co.uk and... Um, it's not a fantastic website, to be honest with you. There's a lot of lot of mistakes on it, but um, I just I just wanted a, 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 a sort of talk about rose tinted spectacles. He said uh, Brighton ought to have won it with McAllister, and I did see this a yard or two out at the, the two at the very most at the end, 
um, he failed to head March's corner in Tokyo Marks, almost on the line. Um, and it says, but a point was was well deserved for, a, for the Eagles for a display of industry, endeavour and commitment. Okay. So on the 63rd minute, if you ever get a chance to look at it, don't watch Mateta. Uh, I, I have backed that guy whenever he's come on. I'm telling you now, if I was a manager, he'd never play for us again. I have never seen, even even Ayu at his worst, never did what he did. He literally didn't. He, he just he just stopped. He stopped running. I mean, it was the sixty third minute, and asked honestly. Well, that's the 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 Edouard does it. Wolf does it. Some, you know, you have to leave from the front. He was literally walking. I'm not even. He wasn't even jogging. He stopped. He stopped. Okay. okay. Jogging. And I, I was. Yeah. Just his attitude. Is is was terrible. Terrible yesterday. And I I don't think from everything I've seen seven. You know, with a percentage of of, of everything, which we'll talk about at the end with the stats. There's no way in a million years we deserve to get anything out of that game. No, you're spot on, Joe. Everyone agrees with that for sure. Um, I think you know one one thing. One thing we can say is that we ground that point out. We ground it out. And I think when Patrick Vieira says, "You know, I'm satisfied. I'm really pleased with the point," he's more relieved than anything else, like the rest of us. You know, because we couldn't wait for the full time whistle. You know, when four minutes went up. I'm counting it down as if we're bloody winning, like we do sometimes, you know. And well, I'm just grateful for the point. Grateful for the point. Um, before we finish the second half, Nick, I'll come to you in a second. I just um, can you just put that um, first picture up, Nigel, again of the goal um, that um, James Tonkins scored for us, the one with the, the high money picture. Can we get that one up again? I just want to uh, pay tribute to this lady. This is a photo taken yesterday by the great High Money. Um, uh, High was a palace photographer for many, many years, um, and she she visits Celeste uh, less frequently these days. But she's just a great lady, and she took this photo yesterday, and she hasn't lost it, has she? What a great picture with a camera. She said that is uh, slightly older than um, than most of us, I think. Uh, is what she alluded to. But uh, thank you, Hi, for that picture. That's brilliant. So, Nick, carrying on with the second half, we've got some other well, bits as well. I'm nearly, I'm nearly finished on that, but uh, if, you, if Hi's carrying around a camera that is as old as us, and if he's as old as Jill, okay, it'd be a box brownie, wouldn't it? Well, I'd be as old as Chloe, let's say that, you know. <laughs> um, listen, uh, Paul, this is the wonder of our Facebook, our people that follow this show. Paul Bristow, great to see you yesterday, mate. Great to actually spend a bit of quality time with you yesterday. James Tompkins scored in the 3-2 win versus Brighton at Sellers. Uh, the game when all five goals came in the first half. You know, and, and that's that's what we got. Um, I'm a bit worried about Claire Davis. Claire, you're worrying me. I've just found some, out something I didn't know about you. And I've known you for many years. Love to the family, by the way. And she says, being with a Brighton fan, you need to go and get your head felt, okay? Being with a Brighton fan... Uh, I'm glad we got that. At least he doesn't have the bragging rights. It's very simple, Claire. You know what to do. I'm available. Get rid of him. Come <laughs> find me. I'll take you to the games every week. Anyway, in summary, a very, very poor game. In summary, 
uh, we set up in a particular way yesterday that I wasn't comfortable with, especially with possession stats, which we're going to come on to now. Um, it was a very, very... Um, and can I also echo, before I sign off, Ian, uh, my love for high money as well. I've, kn I've known, like you, high for many years. High, if you are watching this, we would love to have you on the show one night. You are an absolute superstar in the eyes of many, many Palace fans. Yeah, and, and there was just a comment up there from someone says, uh, by her book, um, 40 years of Palace photos, and I, I would echo that. I've got that book. It's absolutely brilliant. So really very, very good. Okay, so we all agree that we were lucky to get a point. And the reason we were lucky to get a point is these stats. So, Jill, talk us through these stats, mate. It will come up right in front of you now. 25. Yeah, go on. 25% possession to us. Um, shots on target. Well, shots, six to us, 17 to them. On target, one to us, seven to them. One corner for us, uh, six to them. Fouls, 10 to us, 11 to them. Um, I think the, I think the stats, uh, uh, the 25% is is absolutely shocking, but I think it's, it's sort of... Uh, it, it sounds out our policy of, of just not shutting people down, letting them have the ball uh, for this entire season, which is why we are probably bottom of, of any uh, stat when it comes to closing down and running. Um, and the other the other stat at the very bottom, 10 fouls to us, 11 to them. I, I wish a little bit of me wishes we had Jim Cannon on here tonight because I think he probably would have committed 10 fouls on his own in a game of that magnitude yesterday. The, the fact that we are not getting in and smashing them like we have done of old, and I really don't care about about what people say. You know, the game has changed. It hasn't changed that much. Just watch any other any other. I'm going to say I'm going to say rival game, not derby, but a rival game. And that's what happens. You find two or three of their players are proper up for it, and um, and, and you know we we did not look up for that in in any which way at all. So forget the result for a moment. What was your reaction to those stats when you saw them? I mean, you, you sort of knew what, what they were going to be roughly like. Maybe not quite as bad as that, but but how did you feel, Nick, when you saw those stats? You're muted at the moment. No. Um... I, having watched the game live as I did, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by them. I thought we actually had a couple more shots on a couple more efforts on goal than uh, those stats were actually showing. Um, I think it started at the front of the the formation really. Uh, Mateta, as we've already alluded to, he can't jump. He's a big bloke. You have got to realise this is a big unit. What is he? Six yeah. foot four, six foot six. Yeah, yeah. and he can't jump. He doesn't win headers. Uh, to hold the ball up, okay, there was one occasion yesterday where he actually managed to hold the ball up and bring in whoever it was. I think it was Elise on one side. Um, I'm not surprised by those stats because the performance was just so garbage. And for the manager to be speaking so upbeat about it post-match, okay, I wonder what game he was watching, if I'm brutally honest with you. They are, Brighton are a good team. I hate to say it. I'll go wash my mouth out. Uh, but, mm. you know, Joe's got a point, and somebody's mentioned it in the chat. Where is our reducer? Um, you could argue that Hughesy was our reducer yesterday, maybe, you know, and put a couple of good tackles in. He but, got booked, didn't he? He got his, he's got his uh, customary booking. And I wanted to, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm getting a little bit 
paid off with the fact that every time he plays, he gets another booking. And very similar for Decore as well. Uh, I know they're doing a role in the midfield, and you could argue they're going to get a large percentage percentages of uh, bookings, but there doesn't seem it seems every game they're both getting booked, and it's going to rack up sooner or later. We're going to get Jimmy Mack back in the next week or so. You watch, and we're going to lose Decore to. A, Another bang. It's going to come. We shall see. Lee Lockwood says in the chat, half-time stats, completed passes, Palace 103, Weed 336 at home. Yeah, I think it sums it up. Embarrassing. That's how I felt when I saw the stats. I was embarrassed by them. Um, just not good enough. You know, got to keep the ball more. I know they're decent, Brian. I know they're a good side. I know they've got some great footballers, got a World Cup winner and everything else. But we needed to do much, much better than that. And um, uh, Patrick Vieira needs to tell them that. And certainly, you know, we'll, we'll come to this game later, the Brentford game next week. You know, again, another very good side, a very good footballing side, um, difficult to beat. We've got to do better next week at Brentford, Gel. I'm not too sure. Paul Bristow might know this because I know he's a bit of a stato. But I'm, I'm sure that we had a 17% once against someone very good. I might be Man United seven eight nine years ago but i can't think of a time at home at home where we've only had i think we might have had a 23 percent against liverpool you know that seven nil i think that might have been a 23 but that's but against brighton that is so so poor and and did you blow them off or were you just relieved to get a point um, there was an element of booing, but I, it was, yeah, it was more relief than anything else. I think. Anyone go after Vieira? No. no. Can I make a point? Yes, yes. Do, please come in. Um, with those stats as they were, with that performance as they were, can I ask you all to cast your mind back two years ago? Tell me what was the difference in that performance under Roy Ball with those stats as they were, and. You know, the, you could argue we've got a lot better players, okay, but the stats are still the same, which would indicate one thing to me that Vieira is not improving the players that he has got, okay. Or let's be fair to him, the players that are available at this time. Um, I'm sorry, but that what I witnessed yesterday was a Roy Hodgson lineup performance. Yeah, difficult to disagree with that, Nick, uh, for sure. Um, okay. So we've we've looked at the game. I don't think there's anything more we want to sort of start repeat ourselves. You know, we know we got a bit lucky yesterday, and let's hope it was just one of those bad days at the office when we can, you know, regroup now and um, and do better next week, next time out. Um, I want to talk about uh, change the subject slightly. We'll come back to uh, next week uh, and team selection because a lot of people asking in the chat things like, you know, has Patrick really lost it? You know, should, who should we change for in, in the selection? So we'll come back to some of those questions in a minute or two. Um, but we've had some players out on loan. Um, uh, well, we've got players out on loan at the moment. I just want to summarise some of that stuff that's going on there um, because... Um, there was some good news, really, this week by some of the uh, uh, the players that were out on loan. So um, our friend Jez Saki, he scored again for Charlton. Um, uh, they lost 2-1 <laughs> to Fleetwood Town, but he got a very, very good goal um, in that defeat. And Killian Phillips, he scored for Shrewsbury in a 3-2 win over Port Vale as well. Um, and 
the goals of both of those goals, videos of them are on our, on our Twitter feed. I, I retweeted them from somebody else. So if, if you want to have a look at the goals, you haven't seen them yet, those two goals. They're worth seeing. Um, Killian Phillips needs to work on his goal celebration. That's all I'll say about him. Um, Rob Street also played in that game for Shrewsbury, come off the bench. Um, John Kamani Gordon, he played for Carlisle in a nil-nil draw against Wimbledon. Um, who else we got? Um, Michael M Malachi Boateng was an unused sub for Queen's Park. Um, quite a few of these lads seem to be unused subs um, or, or on the bench. So, um, a Bowie, he was on the bench for Hull. I know it's the championship, but you send him out on loan and they're not even starting, which worries me slightly. And I'm wondering when we do send players out on loan, whether there's a, something you can say, look, you know, you can have him on loan, but you've got to play him. You know, you can't, no point going out on loan if they don't play, really, is there? So it's a bit crazy. Um, there's no point playing him if he isn't better than what they've already got. No, why, have, why, have got why have they got him then? Well, you know? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Unless they've got him here as backup, mate. Yeah. Who knows? So, you know, it was, it was a, it's, it's worth mentioning. I think we always like to do this on the show. Uh, the lone watch, really. Greg Ellis has said, about he's returning from injury. So that's maybe why he didn't start. Um, and, you know, some of these lads, I'd like to see him come back and, and, and make a contribution to this football club. You know, that's the whole idea. They go on loan and come back better players. And, um, you know, next season, maybe we'll have some, some more to choose from. Okay. So we also said at the top of the show that we were going to come back to, um, to talk about the women's team. Um, and I want to do this now and, and, and just say to Nick, um, who's going to talk on this a little bit. We've, we've had, um, there's, there's been a tweet today, um, from, a guy who is the coach for the women's academy. So, you know, it's mainly the girls' teams, I think. Uh, a guy called Nathaniel. Now, he's written an open letter to the club, to uh, Steve Parrish uh, and the other directors, um, really complaining that they've had to buy some of their own stuff, you know, the training stuff. So um, coaches are, are never provided kits. We have to buy our own from the club shop. Um, have to purchase all the own, own equipment, balls, cones, poles, etc. Um, and he's saying that the club are not supporting the women's team. Um, Nick, you've got strong views on this, haven't you? First of all, before I get into it, yes, I have. Thank you, Ian. Um, I'm aware that there are certain members of the very close-knit Palace Ladies Supporters Group uh, watching the show tonight, and also some other individuals from the ladies setup. So, on, on the, the, some of them are actually watching on YouTube. One in particular, and you know who you are. Very good evening to you, and thank you for joining us. Um, I could sum up what I'm about to say with one word, really, and that's embarrassment. Okay, many years ago, before we were Red and Blue Review, we uh, we were Red and Blue News, as I'm sure you're aware. And we actually started off when we first started up. Uh, as a team, we decided to sponsor a couple of the young kiddies. And when I say that young kiddies, these were a couple of the young girls in the development squad who reached out to us and said, look, we have to we have to fund our, our, our own travel, our own kit and everything else on in the name of Crystal Palace Football Club. And I thought to myself at that time, I remember thinking, do you know what? That's, you know, it's, it's a bit of an embarrassment, really, isn't it? Why are these get? But I sort of understood it. We were we were languishing in the lower half of the championship at the time. Funds weren't Premier League funds and everything else. And they were young kids who probably won't go on to do anything. Well, one of them, Lauren Amina, has actually gone on to be uh, 
uh, one of the top graduates in American women's football. Okay, she's an English girl, but she's actually if she went out to the states and she did really well. She's doing really well. I'm still in touch with her. The other girl, Chloe, drops off a little bit by the wayside. So that is the young kids. This is not the young kids that we're talking about here. This is the coaches, uh, Crystal Palace Academy. Okay, this is. Probably the manager as well, although I don't know that for sure. This is the players. They have to go to the club shop and buy their own training stuff, their own kit. A coach needs to have the poles. A coach needs to have balls. He's got to go out and buy them. Crystal Palace Football Club, you're a fucking embarrassment. And I'm a, I am absolutely fuming at what I've read today. If any of that, even if one line of that was true, what I've read today... The club need to get a, a grip of themselves. They don't play. They don't let them play. Instead, hang on, Joe. I will come to you, mate. I'll concede in a second. Let me finish. You know they, they've put a few pictures up on the on one of the portal cabinets walls supporting the girls. The girls get to play there two or three times a season. They are not a second class citizen. They are an integral part of our football club. Okay, and I'm sorry that you need to parish and the rest of the board need to fund a better lifestyle for those girls. They put. They're heart and soul in for our club every week. Sorry, I'll shut up. Nick, thank you. A lot of love for what you're saying in the chat there. Uh, Andrew Adams supporting what you're saying. Um, apologies if you heard any industrial language there from Nick, but uh, but but thank you for your view. Gel, bring you in next and then Chloe. So this is not this is not a new thing, is it? I mean, those that know that know really. And it didn't really get taken big time by the mainstream media, but we'll Wilf was uh, Zaha was was paying for the ladies' team out of his own pocket at, at one stage. Um, this 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 little things. I, I know other football around the world and 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 you know things are, are nice when you get supported and and you know I mean I took Dean Davenport gave me a, a whole kit twenty odd shirt well complete football kit that I took out to Africa and gave it. But John Texter wrote a check for five grand for someone. Um, to, to something to do with the with Ghana, with football out in Ghana. Now, now I, know, I know I don't want to take the five grand away from from the people in Ghana, but you know, if our girls, ladies, the the, the female structure within our club is not being fully supported, that's that's not embarrassing. That's disgraceful. Mm. We are Premier League. We have. Probably between 160 and 180 million quid. If you chucks 30 grand at them, it, it, or 50 grand, I don't know what it would take. If it listen, if it took 100 grand in the grand scheme of things, that is no money for three guys or five guys together that are probably sterling billionaires. And then two American billionaires or maybe three American billionaires. No one knows what text is worth. I just think that it's, it's not embarrassing. It's disgraceful. And the fact is that, that someone has reached out an open letter to, to our chairman and, and, and we haven't heard anything. We used to hear all the time from him, but when it's put on them, when it's literally put on them, oh, zippy. Mm-mm-mm. Embarrassing. Okay. I mean, the billions don't come into it because you're right. It wouldn't take. It would take fifty grand, a hundred grand to get this sorted, and 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 even that probably wouldn't be enough. But it would be enough to to um, stem the embarrassment, you know, and, and to deal with this in the short term for sure. 
Now, Chloe, someone actually asked in the chat, what does Chloe think of the women's game and, and women's football and, and your views on what you've just heard? I, I enjoy the women's football. I really enjoyed the Euros and um, the World Cup as well. Mm. So um, I think it's disgraceful. It's complete neglect of um, of women's um, football. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, imagine if the kind people who actually have been you know, putting their hand in their pocket to help them if they weren't doing that. Yeah. So, the, yeah, it's, it's wrong. Thank you. And Nathaniel, who uh, is the coach for this Women's Academy, he said in the letter, one of the other things he said in the letter, and uh, you can go and see it. It's on Twitter, by the way. Um, uh, and um, one of the things he said in there, he's put nine grand of his own money in um, in recent times to make this work. He shouldn't have to do that, should he put nine grand of his own money in? Um, I'm just trying to find his Twitter handle, actually. Someone can help me out here. Um, I did have it here. Here it is. It's meticulous underscore Esquire, Nathaniel TB. So go and have a look for him on Twitter and follow the guy because um, he's got a lot to say. And hopefully he'll be the one that calls this out and the club will respond to it and deal with it in the way it should be dealt with. Nick. Okay, first of all, my apologies from uh, something Greg Ellis has just called it industrial strength language. I do apologise. I shouldn't have sworn. Right. Okay, I'm really, I'm, I'm the first one to say that every week, but I am very, very passionate about this subject. Um, there's lots of things being discussed in the chat about it. And a lot of people agree in what, what I've said. They're saying even those pictures, the images of the girls that are on the portal cabin are uh, out of date, okay? Um, I think Nathaniel has been extremely brave. What he's actually obviously done is put his neck in a noose and uh, I worry about his future now. But to be spending that sort of funds, I, I know we don't want to spend any more uh, too long on this, but it, it, I am passionate about it, Andrew Adams. You're absolutely right. I'm passionate about it. I, you know, you could argue, why don't I go to get to see so many games? Okay, well, the three that I went, we've lost every one of them. You know, Palace were put advertising it everywhere in the stadium. The I next told you to stay away, the mate. Fixture, hold on, hold on a minute. You know, the, when when we were third from top, or we were in in the late in the late in the championship, we were third from top at one point this season. Palace were advertising it everywhere. They're on the back of it. They're on the back of the Women's World Cup and everything else. The results have slipped away a little bit recently. So what? Get behind the ladies. Yeah, but they told you to stay away because they lose every time you go. But, um, Gel, very quickly, very quickly, Gel. One word it's lip service. Lip service. That's yep. two words, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Question. Guys, I'm going to move us on now, if we may, because we're, we're sort of approaching uh, the hour mark on this show, uh, and that's the normal duration of the show. Um, I want to come back to the men's team. I want to come back to Brentford away next Saturday. Tough place to go. I went there last season. Uh, for the nil-nil there. A bit like a big Meccano stadium, isn't it? Um, the Brentford ground, if you went there last year. So predictions, please, in the chat. Um, I'll come to the panel in a minute for their view on the uh, result next Saturday afternoon. But before we do that, what changes would you guys make to the starting eleven? Uh, let's assume we have uh, Anderson and, and Wilf back. You know, I presume you'll, you'll bring both of those back in. Um, but, um, but, 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 you know, Amada, for example, he's, uh, he's had cameos, you know, he's come from Stuttgart, um, three and a half year deal, 9.7 million. 
He played. He came off the bench yesterday on the 86th minute, 82nd minute against Man United. Would he get more game time? Or uh, Albert Sambi Lakonga? Should he start next Saturday? What are your views, Nick? First of all, actually, I'll be honest with you. On the, I'll start off with those your latter two. They're the two new guys. Um, from what I've seen, I haven't. Um, I haven't seen enough of them to actually warrant them starting. Um, I would not, if, if, assuming Wilf is fit and um, Anderson is fit, I would certainly bring those back. But my, because of the way uh, Brentford play, they are very, very, their strength is in their midfield. Okay. Not necessarily the wide players or even their attacking players. Their strength is in the midfield. They get it up to the front boy who puts it away. So my, my thought process would be. Somewhere in there, you, uh, you take Schlupp out and you bring Jimmy Mack back in and uh, and get him into their attack, their midfield. And that's the only... Uh, it won't be the new guys, but I would certainly bring the other two back. You, and you, you start MacArthur next week? Yeah, if he's, as long as he's fit, OK? Mm. I know he's not match fit. Of course he's not match fit. Mm. But I think he's a bit of a tiger in there. And that's what you need against a team that, where their strength is across the middle of the park. Yeah, he would. Um, it probably last sixty minutes when he maximum. I would suggest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gel thoughts about? Yeah, sixty minutes. I was literally just about to use that phrase myself. Uh, uh, we've we've Maka be great to see him back. Uh, show a bit more tenacity uh, uh, in the midfield, and I think really he would. He's a perfect foil for for an hour for the core. Um, I would. Uh, I, I, I'm, we've got to. We've got to try something. Um, I mean, there's a not starting. Now he comes to us for decent money. He must be on decent wages. I don't know why he's not being picked. Why he's not starting? Um, you know, he is a flair player. You need flair players. I mean, that's what Wilf is. Wilf's not all about pace anymore. Wilf's about flair. So um, I'm, I'm I'm a bit despondent as to why Eze can't play. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I know that we have struggled at times when we've played that, you know, that, that sort of spearhead of, of Zaha, Elise and, and Eze. But while Wilf isn't playing, um, you've got to play Eze, haven't you? I mean, you've got to play him. And, and again, Schlup had a great day game last week. And according to everyone, you know, oh, you had a good game yesterday. So who do you, you drop? Um but, yeah, you know, but, but, but football is it is it you know so why you've got twenty five players in a squad on a, in a match day squad so you can rotate um, you know I mean God forbid play ninety minutes every game throughout a season that'd be unheard of now so I I, I do think that um, I do think that you know if their strength is in in the midfield then we need to bolster our midfield even if we go I mean I'd like us to go three five two I really would and that would show some some attacking intent. The other thing as well, just very quickly, if um, if Anderson does come back, um, I mean there is there is there is a, a little whisper about him actually playing in the midfield. Yeah, there is, there is, uh, or at right because back, he's played both both for Denmark. Hello, but, but then, but well, but then, but then saying that, minute, why not we play three at the back? I can't see why we don't play three at the back. Okay. So. Yeah, I think, I think when, you, when you've got so many uh, options from the bench, you know, five substitutes, you you can afford to take a risk with someone like Jimmy Mack next Saturday. You know, if you only had two subs or something, you might not want to do that just in case he breaks down. But he, what's the worst thing that could happen? He, he plays 10 minutes and, and breaks down or something, you know, 15 minutes, you know, and you bring someone else on. Give him that opportunity. 
I think you're right. We've got to do something different next week against Brentford. Um, Chloe, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. They they play a three five two as well, don't they? So yeah, I think um, they do. Yeah. yeah, and you know to counteract that and and uh, you know get amongst them, it's it's the, the it's a bit of an old adage, isn't it? The game is won and lost in the midfield, and I think yeah, next Saturday difficult. will be crucial to uh, winning the midfield battles for sure. Wait, can um, I just Chloe? add? They they haven't lost a game since October. They haven't lost a league game since October. Brentford, Brentford haven't. Okay. It's an interesting yeah. set. So Brentford <laughs> haven't lost since October. Well, they've got to lose at some point then, haven't they? So, um, so Chloe, let's get your score prediction then for next Saturday, shall we? Um, another draw, 1-1. Another 1-1. That's okay, been yeah. positive as well. <laughs> Fill in your pool scoop on a 1-1. Yeah, very good. Okay, you're too young to remember Little Woods pools. Um, Gel, what about you, mate? Yeah, 1-1. Did I get? Did I say draw last week against Brighton as well? Uh, I don't know. I put one one in my Super Six, so I got that right. But um, but there we are. Um, two one one. Sam, what about you, Nick? Um, very quickly, I just want to cover something about what George just said. We're talking about the uh, Anderson playing in the back, uh, in front of the back four. Uh, I'm sure that's something we discussed on this show about three or four weeks ago. And there was a lot when I mentioned about. Uh, putting in there because you could spray the balls around. There was lots of eye rolling going on. And the point was made that we'd never seen him play in that position. Yes, you've just done it again, Noble. I know you have, okay? Um, and I noticed he's being picked up on one of the major Twitter sites this week. I, I just wonder where they got that information from. Shall we play him in front of them? But again, the, the truth be known, we don't know what he plays like. And going, just finishing off on the... Uh, Zaha thing. We don't know. I haven't seen any video footage of Zaha back in training apart from him shadow boxing. So whether he'll be back in or not, I don't know. Um, and, and Anderson, I haven't seen training either. So I think it's unlikely that both of those are feature. However, I'm going to be the one with a bit of positivity and say my prediction next weekend be a 1-2 win to Palace away at the Brentford ground. Very good, very good. And I'll go a 1 0 win. I think we'll uh, keep a clean sheet and sneak it 1 0. Um, so there we go. Um, predictions we've had the predictions. Um, where I go for draw or a palace away <laughs> win. Um, I know we've got red and blue tinted specs on uh, and all the rest of it. Um, there's a uh, less positivity in the chat about the score predictions. I'm seeing come through a few people are saying palace are going to win. I want a positive comment to finish on. From you all. Um, so one positive thing from yesterday's performance. Nick first. We haven't lost against Brighton in three years. Okay, so we can go to the Amex with full gusto, okay, full voice, and get behind the team and also get behind the ladies. Brilliant. Okay, we haven't lost Brighton. I think you'll find it's four years, but yeah. Okay, gel positivity. Um uh, having MacArthur back, very good. Like that, Chloe. To you, we didn't get, we didn't get hammered. So that's the we didn't get hammered. <laughs> very good. And on that note, we didn't get hammered. Um, it's been the Red and Blue Review. My name is Ian Noble. Um, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Always a pleasure, never a chore. And uh, we're back next Sunday with another show. And I think Nick's in the chair next week, Sunday the nineteenth of February. Until then. Uh, see you next time. Thanks for joining us.